Teach is produced on the traditional land of the Kaurna people. The South Australian Department for Education would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay our respects to all elders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Teach, a podcast about teaching and learning in South Australia. I'm Dale Atkinson from the State's Department for Education. And I'm Georgia Tyson from Largs Bay School. Today we're talking about one of the most complex things that it's taught in the classroom, the skill of writing, which is also a focus at the 2022 Literacy Summit that brings together international, national and local experts in the field of literacy improvement. That's right, and we are lucky to be joined by a couple of those experts now in the form of the department's very own Bev White, our Assistant Director, Literacy and Numeracy Policy, and from the UK, Professor Deborah Myhill, who is Professor of Education at the University of Exeter, and also keynote speaker at the Literacy Summit. Welcome to you, Deborah. Hi, good to see you. We'll hear from you. <laughs> nice of you to make some time available to us. So, you're coming to speak to us about the dimensions for learning to write, which is one of the most complex things that can be taught in the classroom. Can mm. you talk to us a little bit about why it's such a, a complex uh, learning area? Well, I think it's because it makes such a high demand on brain power on mental processes because you're trying to do lots of things at once. But at the same time, it's making high demands of your language skills and what you know about language. And at the same time, you have to understand what the expectations are about writing. So it is very, very challenging to manage. And unusually, writing stays challenging as we get better at it. So even experienced writers find writing a challenge, but they've changed the bar, as it were. So it doesn't get easier the better you get. But does it get easier to teach the better you get? Yes, I think it does. I think because for very young children in particular, there is a stage where they're working very, very hard on simply managing to get words out onto the page, even at the level of you know the motor skills to shape letters, knowing how to shape words, writing lines, writing fluently, all of that for very young children means that they can't focus quite so much on the writing itself because they're so busy getting ideas out. Once you've got past that phase, and that's become more internalised and automatic, it does free you up to think more about the text itself and what you want to do with it. And what are some strategies teachers can try to support their teaching of writing? Well, I think the strategies really rely on teachers having a strong grasp of these three dimensions of writing. What I was saying earlier about the mental processes, that's a cognitive dimension. What I was saying about the language is a linguistic dimension and understanding expectations and being an also sociocultural. If you really want to bring in strategies to help children, you have to think about what is it I'm trying to help. So if you do have, just going back to those transcription skills, very young children who are still struggling to write fluently, you might want to play some games that really just get them doing lots of writing and shaping. You may be wanting to teach them how to handwrite particular letters and give them practice at that. So that would be targeting the transcription. On the other hand, if actually, you know, they were struggling more with thinking processes around planning, drafting and revising because they're older children, some of the explicit things that teachers can do is to explicitly look at how you revise or how you outline text rather than just giving instructions to do revision. And that would probably be looking at a very focused issue. So don't say, let's look at how we revise this story. We might say, let's look at how we revise 
the characters we've described in this story. So I think the key thing about strategies in the in the classroom is that they match the learners' needs in the classroom and that they will draw differently on different dimensions depending on those learners' needs. So one of the things we were speaking about in an earlier podcast about the science of reading in particular was the need to be really deliberately sequential about how you build the learning in that child through an understanding of their individual needs. Does that go doubly, triply so when we're talking about dimensions for, for writing? Yeah, in general, I think it really does because you have to know where every child is at in order to know what it is they need to do next. I mean, one of the other reasons that writing is a challenge to teach as opposed to a challenge to learn is that writing is multidimensional in terms of the things that you have to learn to do. So you've got the basic act of learning how to write words and how to spell them or learning how to punctuate, but then you've got learning about how to write argument or learning vocabulary or learning about sentence variety. So there's so many things you could be looking at at any one time. And so it's really worth knowing what it is the children need next. The one exception would be is not to put a ceiling on children's imagination or creativity because I think even very young children who may not have you know, wonderful spelling skills can come up with wonderful ideas. So there's a real thing about don't limit what they can do because often that demotivates children. So let the imagination and the creativity flow, but then what they produce, really look at closely in terms of explicit teaching and incremental learning. So I think the learning is often incremental. The one thing where it differs from, I think, from reading, I wouldn't want to make too big a claim on the reading side, but on the writing side, is that learning is incremental, but it's also spiral or recursive. So, you know, your six-year-olds can be really good at creating a story, Particularly, they might do it orally and then write it down. But, you know, you have great novelists who are still working on creating a story. Learning about writing is both incremental and spiral or recursive. And what is the connection between learning to read and learning to write? Symbiotic. (laughs) I think the thing about learning to read and learning to write is they really do go hand in hand. And in particular, sometimes there's a bit of a myth that you learn to read first and then you can learn to write. But there's a lot of research that shows that as we learn to read, it improves our capacity to write. But likewise, as we develop as writers, it improves our capacity to read. They're really interrelated processes. So I would always say, you know, when you're teaching reading, think about how you might involve writing with the teaching of reading. And likewise, when you're teaching writing, draw on excellent reading texts and children's own reading experiences in order to help them think about being a writer and being an author. That's great advice. What what advice can you give us about engaging children in the writing process itself? Do you mean the writing process, the planning, drafting writing? Yeah, that's right, yes. you mean writing generally? Well, all of it, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we, we know from talking to a lot of children and young people is that sometimes they really dislike writing in school because we make it a little bit dull, even though some of them love writing outside of school. So I think absolutely at the heart of being able to do all this incremental, explicit, targeted teaching is also creating a classroom climate, which is conducive to writing. So we often talk about creating a, a community of writers in the classroom. And that might involve things like using writing workshop approaches where children are given plenty of time and space to write, using things like 
free writing where you just sort of effectively dump ideas on the page to get going is very motivating. And that free writing, of course, is not drafting. It's just getting ideas out. Sometimes, I mean, certainly in, in the primary schools here where we've worked with the primary schools, having what the teachers here call messy books where they've got space to write about what they want to write about prior to writing it in a more perfect form for an audience that can really really work so that sense of valuing children's ideas desire to write alongside being explicit about teaching them things and I think part of that is also about a community of writers where you create lots of opportunities for collaboration and conversation about writing. One of the wonderful things about collaborative writing, and that could be collaborative writing as a whole class where the teacher leads it and, and does joint composition collectively, or it could be collaborative writing probably in pairs. I think collaborative writing in bigger groups is slightly harder to manage. One of the real benefits of that kind of collaborative writing is that you have to offer ideas and justify why you're making those choices, which is a real learning conversation about writing. So if you have to rewrite a paragraph from a science book as a narrative, and you're doing that in a pair, in order to do that rewriting, there's got to be a lot of conversations about the writing choices you make. And the value is in those conversations. And I think the other thing that's linked to the collaboration and conversation is lots and lots of opportunity for sharing writing. Not necessarily always in very formal ways of celebrating finished pieces, but just regularly reading aloud work in progress and trying to create that climate where children can say, I don't like that sentence or I don't like that word and can talk about it with others to seek peers' advice. And of course, that grows with age. You wouldn't expect necessarily your youngest writers to be doing that. But you start the habit early by having classrooms which create that climate for being a community, for collaboration and for conversation. Why do you think teachers find teaching writing challenging? I think, I mean, that's a, that's a difficult question to be absolute about, but I think there's two reasons. I think one is that teachers themselves may not be enthusiastic writers. Teachers are more likely to be enthusiastic readers than writers. And of course, in primary schools, we know that they're not always even enthusiastic readers. And I think if you don't write yourself, it's quite hard to understand that sense of being an author, that sense of how as an author you want to try and make your reader feel in a certain way way or think in a certain way. And also, if you don't write, I think it's very easy to forget what the experience of being a writer is like. You know, when children get stuck or go off track, those are experiences that most of us have when we're writing. So I think that's one whole strand of it, is that teachers themselves don't have enough experiences as writers to share and be aware of what children are doing in the classroom as, as authors in the classroom and then can tend to make it a rather formulaic approach. You know, you must plan your writing without understanding, for example, that, you know, not everybody plans in the same way or some people have to write first and then form the plan. So that's one thing. I think the other thing, though, is back to the thing I said earlier, that from a teaching point of view, when you're teaching writing, there's so many different strands of writing you could be teaching at any one time from, you know, 
how to shape your letters to spelling, the punctuation, combining sentences, all the way through to paragraphing, text structures. And all of that is what you might say is the form aspect of writing. But you've also got all the things about how do you create the right images for your reader? How do you express strong opinions in an argument? How do you write a scientific text that makes you sound like an expert? So it's bringing together all the time writing different aspects of being a good writer. And I think the risk is that we could spend too much time on one end of it and not enough on the other. And depending on classrooms, that can work both ways. You know, you can have classrooms that are brilliant at all the content side and the ideas and the, the thinking about what you want to say, but not enough explicit teaching about the text itself. Or you have it the other way around, where there's just too much emphasis on the form, which just demotivates children about the purpose of writing, which is all about communicating ideas. So a balanced approach. But it is challenging. Well, it is a challenging area and uh, made a little less challenging thanks to the conversation with you, Professor Mile. Thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. And we are lucky to be joined by the department's very own Bev White, our Assistant Director, Literacy and Numeracy Policy. Let's talk a little bit about the Literacy Summit. What is the point of the Literacy Summit? The point of the Literacy Summit is really to bring the research to classrooms, to actually support leaders and teachers to understand what the current research is and how that can really influence and support the choices they make in planning and teaching for writing. And in particular, in 2022, it's about learning to write and writing to learn. So we've had a a focus on reading for a number of years now and we do know that people are really keen to learn more about writing. So we're hoping that we're going to deliver a series of presentations that will support schools to learn together and to really develop their programs. Now, it's a really comprehensive program with a number of speakers from right across the world internationally, nationally and uh, and locally. Who can come along and, and what sort of experience are they going to have? We have 10 speakers and the fantastic thing about it is it's on demand. Once they're loaded up onto Plink, you can access them anytime you like. You can access them during staff meetings, You can use them to support pupil-free days. You can do independent learning if it's a real interest for you as a teacher. Anybody who has a Plink account in the education department can access the presentations. Who are some of the other speakers and what do they discuss? Well, we have three keynote speakers. So as well as Deborah, we have Steve Graham from the United States. He is a world-renowned leader in the teaching of writing, both reading and writing, actually, and and talks a lot about the things that really make a difference, the evidence-based strategies that teachers can use. And because he and his colleagues have done so much research in teaching writing, he actually has the research data to support what he's saying. So he's talking about evidence-based practices for teaching writing, and he makes connections to reading and learning. So a very powerful presentation from Steve Graham. Our third keynote is particularly for the early years, so preschool and the early years of school, and that's Iram Siraj. So a lot of our preschool educators will remember Iram from our last year and she's talking about the essential precursors to teaching reading and writing and talks about the meaningful conversations that you need to be having in those
those early years environments to build the language in preparation. Those are our three keynotes. The rest of the presentations are more focused presentations. So we're looking at focusing on either a particular area in teaching writing or a particular audience. So we have Tutita Kassa, who talks about writing in the mathematics classroom. How do you teach writing in maths so that you're actually supporting children to reason? and to explain their thinking in, in mathematics. So it's like using writing to improve your learning of mathematics. So that's one of my favourites with Tutita. If you're a science teacher, we have Gail Forey. He talks about teaching students to talk and write like scientists and really goes into how you teach the language of science to improve content knowledge and to improve writing and oral language in science. We have a presentation from Dr. Damon Thomas from the University of Queensland. Now, this is an extended presentation because Damon is talking about metalinguistic understanding. So a lot of teachers are asking for support with functional grammar and Damon delivers. He talks about what you need to teach in the English curriculum in the early years of primary, the middle years of primary and upper primary in terms of functional grammar and the language features that are going to support kids to express their curriculum learning. And it's pretty full on, but I'm sure that schools will love it and it's the resource that teachers can go back to many times to really build their skills in that area. What an incredible array of speakers that's uh, available to us. What a resource for, for all the teachers and educators out there. Now, these can be accessed online, they can be accessed at the summit. There's a lot of different ways that people can get them. We'll include uh, links in the show notes and information on our website uh, to make them available to you. So what would your message be to the teachers out here listening and thinking, oh, I should get involved in that? I think you'll find it incredibly valuable. Like we say, it's all very current research. It really builds on what we've been doing in South Australia for a long time, but I think it really helps teachers understand why teaching writing is so complex. And when we look at all of those three dimensions and bring them together and you get the whole picture, it's almost like, oh, now I get it. Now I know what to look for in my students and now I know how I can help each one of them to improve. If you've liked what you've heard from Professor Myhill or from Bev with the excellent rundown of the keynote speakers and the other presenters who are going to be at the Literacy Summit 2022, please tune in, check the website notes and uh, get involved. Thanks very much for listening. Catch you next time on Teach. Teach.